hour of MMA power is back. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the MMA edition as we unleash a double leg takedown of combat audio that is presented and underwritten by that performance enhancing audio. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The Brian Campbell. In fact, the voice that you hear. Yeah, just about ready to tag in my mainest of main men. I'm talking about Bellator Moneyweight Champion Muhammad King Mo Lawal to preview Saturday's loaded UFC 225 card from Chicago in very minute detail and look back on all of the recent news in mixed martial arts, including Michael Bisping's retirement, UFC's new TV deal with ESPN, and much, much, much more. It's the King Mo in the BC show, something you seriously won't want to miss. Look, this is a new era of MMA audio. Welcome to the Machida era. No, no, Joe Rogan, not that era, but it's a good one just the same and one that is guaranteed to leave you impressed. I'm not impressed by your performance. Hey, oh, and speaking of being left impressed, you know the deal. If you hear something on today's show that you like, if you see something, say something. Yes, do us that solid. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio and spread the good word for the ITC. We're talking about five-star reviews. Hey, write a couple words on why you like this show, why it leaves you happy in the end. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. Yeah, it smells pretty good. I can't I can't lie to you here. You know, I've got the... Wow, wow. All right, all right. Enough of this weirdness. <laughs> Let's get into the actual consummation of audio, if you will. We have a loaded UFC 225 card to get ahead of. We got a lot. If you like King Mo talking about NJPW, talking about boxing, King Mo, the combat sports expert himself, joins your boy BC as we get this party started. When they step foot in that cage, they're going to pay the price with net time. Yes, they will. You will also hear what is next for King Mo as he bounces back from his knockout loss in the Bellator World Grand Prix Tournament. Without any further ado, why don't I stop babbling and give you what you came to hear. That golden audio. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. After some time off, King Mo, BC coming back at you. And King Mo, we got a lot to preview this week ahead of UFC 225. We got a lot of recent news and results to catch up on. But the people want to know, how are you? What's going on in your life? We call you coming back ready to fight in the cage. What's new? What's going on in the life of royalty King Mo? I'm just been chilling, man. Uh, I'm going to start back training, I think, next week on Monday. So that's about it. It's my longest break I've taken, really, without injury. So I'm going to go back on Monday and get back to work. All right. The undisputed money weight champion mentally. How you feeling? Because, I mean, I, I'm not going to baby this. It's a tough loss, right? Tough loss against Bader. How you feeling mentally? I feel good, man. I feel good. You know, it's just part of the game. Part of the game. I like it. I like it. This guy's an OG. King Mo, all the time. Always there. Always ready for action. King Mo, we have a lot of MMA headlines I certainly want to get to. You and I are also giant boxing fans. Can we just sort of sort out the King Mo's opinion? Are we going to see Triple G Canelo 2 this year? Are we going to see Joshua Wilder this year? A lot of back and forth playing in the media What's really going on? King Mo's got his ear to the ground in all things combat sports. What do you think's really happening here? Joshua Wilder <clears throat> will happen next year. I'm th- I'm pretty sure um, Joshua's gonna fight Pavetkin next. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Russian money there that would make Eddie Hearn happy about that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Deontay might fight Dominic Brazil next. You know, or, you know, cause Dylan White supposed to fight Deontay next, but Deon- Dylan White's fighting Luis Ortiz or Pulev. That's what I'm seeing. That's not bad. Um, with, yeah, with the uh, Triple G versus Canelo, man, I, I have no idea. If I was Triple G, I'd try, I'd try to take that fight because if he does it, he's going to take a, a, a hard, like a, probably a harder fight for less than money. Versus Derek Divchenko, he's a beast. Um, versus hey, Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe just pulled out of his fight with Martin Murray. A lot of people think to get himself ready in case he's needed. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then you, then you got Charlo. You know what I'm saying? Nobody who, wants to mess with the Charlos. They are the future. They are hot. And, and, and Danny Jacobs. They're 160 stacking up pretty good. You got you got um, Ryota, um, you got, um, Ryo Murata yeah, from, from uh, Japan. From Japan, you have Falcao from uh, um, Brazil. You got Spike Spike O'Sullivan from uh, Ireland. Uh, he's uh, he's with Golden Boy. You know, um, Man, uh, Mangia. Man, I can't. I can't. I'm, oh, Jaime Mangia. That guy looked real yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, and he's he was supposed to fight Triple G, but then they turned the fight down because they felt like he wasn't ready. But you look at him; he's a big, big one fifty four, big one sixty pounder. Yes. So he sent Saddam that, Ali to yeah. the dark depths of hell there in that uh, one fifty four title bout. All right, yeah. good stuff coming for box. Hopefully, we see some of these fights. If we don't see Triple G Canelo too, we better see what you mentioned, which is essentially like how about Canelo against Billy G- or Canelo against Danny Jacobs, Triple G against Billy Joe. I mean, we got to get some combination. I don't want to see Spike O'Sullivan against Canelo <laughs> on HBO pay per view. Get the heck out of here. You know, what I'm it won't happen. That won't happen. That'll probably be on like. HBO with some HBO for it to happen. All right, all right. King Mo, in MMA news, we saw Michael Bisping, the former UFC middleweight champion, officially retire at 39. He's coming off not only the submission loss to GSP in that title bout last fall, but also that quick comeback knockout to Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, your thoughts? Are you, were you moved by Bisping's career? You got a lot of respect for this guy. What, what, what does he leave behind legacy-wise? Well, you know, um, yeah, I'm – I think he had a great career. You look at it, you know, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. That really helped him more than anything. That helped him being the Ultimate Fighter and being from England because if there were, if he wasn't an Ultimate Fighter, and he and he wasn't English, like he'd be another guy. But the thing is, he took advantage of it. He won his fights. He had to win when he had to win them. And uh, he had a tough road. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing was really like I can't really say anything was given to him. You know, matchups were there, but really when it came down to it, he had to. He had, he had to play the game and 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 win his fights and get the belt. It took it took a while, but it happened. Yeah, I mean, really good story in the end when you consider that, like every time he stepped up to that elite high level, he would have a disastrous loss, right, against Dan Henderson, against Vitor Belfort, on and on. But he had that sort of miracle run. He wasn't the bridesmaid. Got got the title. Really kind of kept it hijacked for a couple of years there, but. Uh, I'm glad he walks away now. I don't necessarily need to see like a Vitor Belfort match or a, you know, Yoel Romero sort of send off. I mean, there's always the idea that maybe he gets the itch after six months sitting away and goes, wait, forget this. I could fight another legend, but I think this is a good time. Walk, walk away. You just had the biggest moment of your career there with that, with that title run that nobody saw coming. You're a legend. It's cemented. You're a great trash talker. You always took on the best. You beat Anderson Silva. I mean, there, they did some big things. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to it, it comes down to if he really wants to step away. You know, if he wants to step away, step away. But some people just don't step away. Well, you need to have something to, to fall into. I mean, do you ever – you're into your late 30s now. Do you ever think about what happens after fighting? I mean, will there will there be something that fills that passion, whether it's coaching, broadcasting, I don't know, 
starting business, whatever. I mean, is there anything that could keep that same passion? Maybe women? What keeps the passion? What could replace the passion of fighting, King Mo? No one knows. He, it's, it's, it's up to you. No one really knows he stepped away from the game. You know, it comes out, it comes out to the individual person. Do you fear those days? This is a real talk. This is real talk right now. Do you fear what's going to look, what retirement's going to look like? Not really. Because, <laughs> like, I feared what actual training and competition is going to look like when I was younger. Actually, when I first started wrestling, I, I didn't know what wrestling really was. And, I, and then, got getting the fighting. I knew about fighting, but I didn't know what it really was until I started doing it. That was the unknown. So now, Everybody fears the unknown, but really, at least I know that when it's all said and done, I won't be taking no more damage. I won't have no more injuries. I'll be able to talk right, and hopefully, you know. So that the thing is, the 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 question mark is, what will you do to fill your time? That's the thing. So there's this routine of being a fighter, right? In terms of you always have something to look forward to, a fight to build towards, something to fight, you know, something to get yourself up for each morning. You need to feel, you need to have, you need to have something. I don't know. Some people find triathlon. Some people find whatever to keep them engaged. You know, I'm sure King Mo's got a lot of things in his future after. Yeah, a lot of it's just like you know, as you get older, especially in a fight game, when you leave, it's it's more it's it's more about being healthy and staying healthy. That's about it. Because when you're fighting. You're in shape, but you're not really truly healthy. Next, all these injuries and these uh, nagging injuries and everything and bumps and bruises. But when you're done fighting, you have time to heal. So your body gets right, but your condition changes. Your body starts to change because you get a little older. You're not maybe not working out as hard. Uh, things change in that way. Interesting, interesting stuff there for sure. King Mo, we also saw big news coming out of uh, UFC re-up their TV deal to like triple the price going exclusively on ESPN and ESPN Plus. And there seems to be like some plus, some minuses in terms of the deal in comparison to what they had with Fox. Obviously, the money is through the roof. Anybody who had ideas like I have the past year going, hey, man, pay-per-view sales are down. You just sold the company for $4 billion. You had a lot of debt. What are you going to do next, UFC? Well, this is what they're going to do, King Mo. They're going to sign this absurd deal where ESPN essentially overpays for the rights to UFC so that they can really push this ESPN Plus streaming app and really make that the home of combat sports along with what they're doing, top break boxing and all of that. So UFC's fine financially. What do you think this means, either a good or a bad, in terms of pushing the sport forward? Because now you have essentially more than half of your cards off of TV, off of FFS1, and put on this streaming pay-for-play app. So what's going to happen with Fight Pass? Good question. Good question. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, it means like UFC fans are going to have to spend more money to pay for Fight Pass because there might be some Fight Pass only cards. Unless they get rid of Fight Pass and have it, everything streamed through the ESPN card. I mean, not the ESPN card, but through the ESPN Plus website. And they have the fights they want to show. Instead of the Fox, they'll show my ESPN. Who knows? Or they'll stream it. Who knows? I, I don't know the details, but, you know, um, that's not – I don't. I never pay for the Fight Pass. Or, I never. I don't watch pay-per-views that much, really, unless I can get a free link, you know what I'm saying, or if I go to the bar. But other than that, like – that's going to be interesting to see what they do because I feel like it's almost unfair for people that had the fight pass to have to pay for the ESPN streaming service as well. But maybe they might get a discount. Hopefully um, the UFC will do that for the fans that have the fight pass 
give him a discount for the um, ESPN thing too. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, I think I heard Dana White say the Fight Pass will still exist in terms of a couple exclusive cards there. You're also going to still see a couple exclusive fights there. You know how they do when they open up a pay-per-view. The first two or three fights will be on Fight Pass. And then obviously you get the full archived library, which is solid. But I think some of that is going to ESPN. It's an interesting situation. So what you lose here by signing this deal is your quarterly fights on regular Fox on big primetime television. But what you gain, of course, is Sports Center, ESPN getting behind MMA and UFC more than they ever have because now they're financially vested in it. And you're going to see, you know, a lot of pushing to, to, to get eyes on this product. It, it's, it's interesting. A lot of money involved. ESPN just brought over Ariel Hawani from MMA Fighting. So it seems like they're going all in. Seems to be a positive for the sport, even though you're taking a lot more fights off of regular TV and putting them on another pay-for-play situation. But, hey, money talks, King Mo. They could put UFC fights on the moon if the price was good enough, right? Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting because now, like, you know, um, everything is streaming-based, right? You see subscription numbers for TV dropping because everybody's streaming, everybody's streaming. So what – if ESPN does this, what's stopping people from streaming and just getting – Illegal streams from the ESPN. So they'll just double dip. They'll get free streaming on the ESPN and watch the UFC without paying for it. So what, if the UFC, if, if ESPN, they should just go ahead and put up their, up, up their, um, their subscription, um, costs and just put everything on ESPN. You know, instead of having the, cause I, I'm not, you know, everybody's streaming stuff, but no one's streaming sports unless it's a bootleg stream. Now everybody's streaming like TV shows and streaming movies, but as far as live sports, I don't know. I hope it works for them. What's interesting is even though everybody's going away from TV, like you're saying, it's becoming a streaming world. That it's made live sports on regular TV even more valuable. It feels like everybody's paying. I mean, you saw that WWE contract that they got a billion from Fox just for SmackDown, not for the full package, just for SmackDown. So it's like these guaranteed live events that bring in ratings are still the backbone. I mean, look, regular TV is now the backbone of both UFC and WWE success, even though people are going away from TV. It's a wild yeah. world, King. Yeah, Lover. and you look, you look at like the WWE um, viewer number, viewership numbers for Raw and SmackDown. They've been dropping. They've been dropping, like, you know, and the thing is that what, like, what else can it be done? You know, um, you really can't make many changes in, 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 uh, in MMA. You can make changes in, in the WWE and, and pro wrestling with the matches, but at the same time, you really can't do all that much. You get different matches, different venues, but I don't know. I, I hope it all works out because, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it all works out for everybody. Kingbo, did you get a chance to peep last weekend from Cheyenne, Wyoming, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship debut card, which featured the likes of former UFC heavyweight champ Rico Rodriguez. We saw Joey Beltran, Beck Rawlings. We saw uh, Bobby Gunn, the the famed Bare Knuckle boxing champion yeah. uh, in a six-sided ring that looked a lot like TNA. Uh, did you see this? What do you think? Does this have a future? Does this have life for it? I, I, I didn't see it, but I know a lot of people that saw it and they liked it. Um, they said it's violent, but it was full of action. Um, well, it depends. I just, I think it can grow, but it, it, they need, they need a home. They need a network or something. They need something. Um, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I was going to catch it today because I, um, I have, my boy sent me a little thing to watch it. Um, but I heard it was pretty good. My boy, my boy watched it. Uh, he ordered it and told me it was. Pretty, I've pretty, seen some highlights. It was pretty brutal. What it essentially is, I mean, so it's bare knuckle. You can wrap your thumb and your wrists, 
and you're allowed to clinch with one arm and punch with the other, and Dirty Box basically can hold the back of the head. So there's, it seems to be something where MMA guys want to jump at it because it's something they're familiar with, and it seems to be pretty damn brutal. So uh, it has, like, that early UFC raw feel to it. I mean, I saw Joey Beltran brawl with this uh, Mexican guy that looked like Antonio Tony Margarita. Lopez. Yeah. That they, that was a blood. I saw the highlights of that. That was a bloody mess. So, uh, you know, anyone who's here for just bleed, you, you're going to get a taste of that. You can, is this, yeah. King Mo, I've heard you talk, talk the, the bare knuckle thing in the past. You, would you ever do something this crazy? Yeah, yeah. Actually, when I'm done fighting, I'm probably going to, I'm going to, I said I'm going to do it. I'm just going to take two wow. fights here. Yeah. You heard it right here. King Mo, bare knuckle. You, you're not afraid of this. No, nah, it's just a fight. You know what I'm saying? It's way to stay in shape. It's probably safe in the MMA because you're punching with bare knuckles and if you punch too hard, you'll break your hand. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know. It sounds it sounds fun. It sounds interesting. It sounds like something you can uh, you can train for, keep you in shape, take three, two or three fights a year. Something fun, you know, just do it for a few years. Something. They should merge with the BKB people and bring that pit back and just do these bloody spectacle <laughs> things in there. I mean, come on, come on. Can we can everybody get on the same page with this? All right, King Mo. We also saw the uh, announcement. There's a new MMA league. The team based MMA Pro League is going to launch. With the brains behind this is former HBO boxing pay-per-view head Mark Taffet. Uh, this didn't, this news did not move me. Of course, I'm getting IFL flashbacks from the team format. Uh, I don't really feel too good about this. You think this has any chance? Um, what, what network is it air on? No, no network as of right now. So, yeah. And, you know, it, it, uh, if this was, if this was like, um, eight years ago, I think it would because eight years, I honestly feel like, Years eight years ago, MMA was more was a little hotter. You know, what I'm saying people were more enthusiastic. Now I feel like people aren't as enthusiastic. They like it, you know, they watch it, but they're not as enthusiastic as it was years ago. Because years ago, it was the fastest growing sport. Remember, that was, that's what they're saying the fastest growing sport. It's the new NASCAR. Say, yeah. It's the new Big Four. Yeah, yeah. it kind of kind of leveled out, right? I mean, it hit its yeah. ceiling. It hit its ceiling a few years ago, but um, I don't know with these with these with these moves. These moves you see on TV, they can make or break MMA. Yeah, but does the team, does anyone really care about team? Like, it's like any individual sport, you're suddenly going to do a team. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem to like. Well, well, it's not the team. The team is because we already have teams at MMA. It's just that, you know, it's not a dual meet format. Good fight's a good fight, but it needs marketing and it needs a network so people can tune in. You know, we already have teams in MMA. It's just that we don't hold it as a dual meet. You know, one guy's representing a team, another guy's representing a team, they fight. But now it's like a dual meet, which could be interesting because it could come down to the last fight on who wins the ma- who wins the, the actual meet. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, we've seen it before. People didn't really care before. Will they care now? Who I just knows? don't think the – like, although, look, IFL was interesting. It, it produced Roy Nelson, right? I mean, Ken Shamrock was involved, whatever. But – I just think the idea that like fans would rally around their home team, like oh, I'm I'm a Philadelphia MMA team fan, like no one cares. Well, come on, like just you know, it's like you said, it's either good fights or it's not. If you can get yeah. it somewhere where we can watch it, maybe we will. But that's about it. All right, I want to get your takes on some recent fights in the past couple of weeks. We saw this controversial UFC Liverpool main event where Darren Till, the the hot welterweight prospect, the next Conor McGregor, if you will, misses weight badly, still gets to fight Stephen Thompson. Then takes a wide unanimous decision in a, in a perfect Wonder Boy type fight where it was very karate point, you know, checkmate chess, but nothing really happened and suddenly Till's got this wide decision win. I thought Steven Thompson got jobbed. I thought he controlled that fight. 
your thoughts. Yeah, you know what? I'm not. You know, you're the only one. I've heard people say it. I I I, I didn't watch the whole fight, but I caught glimpses of it, and it it looked, it looked like a Wonder Boy fight. Honestly, um, everyone I talked to felt like Wonder Boy won three rounds to two. You know what I'm saying? Or or four rounds to one, depending. I've I've heard a lot, but I've rarely heard many people think say Darren Till won. Besides one person, that's about it. And he's from England, so <laughs> you know I'm nothing against Darren Till, but you know. I heard the fight, the fight was close. I feel like they should, in, in MMA, they should kind of do what they do in Japan. If a person misses weight, give the person that made weight more, like, more points or give them, a, like, you know, give them a, head, a, a leg up. So it's not just money. It's not just here's 20% of my purse. Because the, the stat that keeps jumping out is everyone who's missed weight in 2018 and has been allowed to fight in the UFC has won. They're undefeated. Every every yeah. fight. I mean, Mackenzie Dern missed weight by a ton and destroyed, you know, Amanda, what was Amanda Bob, Bobby Cooper? And yeah. just absolutely destroyed her. And uh, we saw that again here. Although Till didn't destroy him, he came out on top. So you make a good point. Maybe punish them. Or maybe just, hey, if you miss weight more than two pounds, you're unprofessional and you deserve to not have the fight. And lose your purse altogether. But I get why promoters don't want to just see the main event go away like that. But it's like, King Mo, we got to get this under wraps. Because Darren Till also released a video. Or I'm not sure if he released it, but it's out there. Of how difficult his weight cut was for this fight. And it basically looked like he was dead. Like, we say this on this show all the time. But it's, it's going to take somebody to die for us to change the whole concept of weight cutting. Correct? Yeah, um, you're right about that. If they want to change it, have... Same day weigh-ins. Like Uriah Hall almost just died cutting weight. Mm-hmm. It didn't change anything. Same day weigh-ins because it's like this. In wrestling, when you when you weighed in, we had an hour. If it's a dual meet, we had an hour to, hour to rehydrate. In a tournament, we had two hours to rehydrate. In MMA, you weigh in, go fight. Give, give them three hours, three hours, something like that, go fight. Is it um, absurd? This is always my solution when people ask me. Is this absurd, King Mo, for boxing and MMA? Here's my solution. You have a scale outside your locker room door. When they knock on the door and say, all right, King Mo, it's time. It's time. You're fighting Matt Mitrione. You open that door and you step on that scale. And they go, yep, you're a light heavyweight. You're a heavyweight. You're a light heavyweight. Yep, go into the cage. You can fight. Is it that obs- Is that is that ridiculous? Because you know what that means? You have to fight at your natural weight. You can't be like, well, I can suck down 20 pounds, so I have a power advantage, two weight class. No, you are who you are. you got to fight at your weight. Would anyone agree to that? Is there anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, but people will still try to cut weight. You you Come have on. no time to cut weight. You step on the scale. If nah, you pass, yeah, you get yeah, but, the no, but here's the thing, right? They'll be like, all right, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight Timothy James at 170. But man, but we're 95 right now. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna diet and cut weight, stay low as I can. The day before the weigh-ins, I'm gonna cut to make to make 170, 171. I'm gonna float and not eat anything till weigh-ins. I'm gonna step on the scale, be 170, 170.5, make weight, go out there and get beat. So they think that it's more dangerous to. If you followed my plan, which is weigh-ins one minute before you fight, they think it's too dangerous to then go into a cage and have no rehydration time. I think that would un- eliminate the ever idea of ever trying to to do that. But the, no, the whole thing's dangerous. If you want, the whole thing's if you want, if you want, if you want to eliminate the idea, weigh in. You have an hour to two hours, maybe three hours to rehydrate and go fight. Because look, if you put on ten to twelve pounds in three hours, <sighs> good luck. 
Yeah, I mean, why can't you have a weigh-in on Monday of fight week, Wednesday of fight week, Friday of fight week? And guess what? Each day you have to be a certain amount in a, in a certain tight window that says you are that weight. I don't know. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. I want to ask you this about Wonder Boy. Very elite guy, title contender. This was a tough loss in the idea of him getting a third fight with Woodley for the championship. Do you have to change your style at all? Because in these close fights, not everyone is going to love your your checkmate, you know, karate point style. Do you need to be a little bit more aggressive? You can, yeah, you can be more aggressive, but when it comes down to it, if he's not getting hit, if he's scoring points, he's not getting hit, then how can he lose? Yes, you know? yes, but it's almost like Guillermo Rigondeaux sometimes, the, the defensive style in boxing. Not all the judges agree with that. They look at the other guy coming forward, even though he's not doing much. They're like, well, he's the aggressor. He wins. Well, well see, the thing is, at the same time, that's changing in boxing. You're seeing if you've seen better, like, you're seeing better judges, and you're seeing more, you're seeing more people more knowledgeable. In MMA, I believe that in a few years we're gonna have a different turnover with the with the judges and everything. I think we'll see we'll see more because if that's the case, the other machine should last a lot more fights. What happened was people started people got educated in the style, and they're like, okay, we see what he's doing. Wonder Boy, I feel like they just don't like him, or maybe he's the wrong referees, wrong judges that are watching his fights. Do you think Darren Till is a real star of the future for UFC, or you think he's all right and he's going to take a loss eventually? Time will tell, man. Yeah, what do you think? Does he show you anything that says, "Yep, star, champ, future champion"? Let's get, it. let's keep pushing him. Well, well, really, he got this win, so yeah. If he got this win, the fact that he got this win because, like you know, um. There are guys that people jump on real quick and say he's the next big, he's the future, blah, blah. And they do that a lot. But then there are guys that no one says much about and they start like Robert Whitaker. No one says much about it and he starts winning, keeps on winning and wins and keeps on winning. And, and also he's the champion. You know, so you just never know. You never know till the career begins and you never know till the career ends. All right. All right. I can get behind that. I want to get your thoughts on your brethren out at Bellator 200. In London, just a couple of weeks ago, in your division, Kingwell, or whatever, you're a money waker, you'll fight anywhere, but in light heavyweight, Phil Davis took the soul of Linton Vassell via third round head kick. Impressed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a good win. Um, I think, I think Linton might need to go up to heavyweight because I know he cuts a lot of weight, probably cuts from like 240 to make 205. He looked winded in the first round, you know, and then the uh, second round, he got a takedown, got too high, got reversed. I think that's the third round, he got, got a takedown, got too high, got reversed. Then shortly after that, got head kicked. So it, looked, it looked fatigued, looked tired, but the good win by Phil. Do you have any interest of rematching Phil Davis? Oh, yeah, I'd fight Phil. I'd love to fight Phil again. He's, he's tough. He's, he's a little. He can be boring at times. He can. He can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps the fight. He keeps the fight um, in his range and keeps it at his pace. He does. He doesn't really engage too much, but he will engage. But it's like one, two, run, one, two, kick, move, and then he'll go for something big. But it's, it's, it's nothing consistent. As far as like consistent pace or consistent pressure or consistent damage, it's just like okay, kick, punch, flip, go for a takedown, don't get it, go for a takedown, lift to go for a takedown, don't get it, um, right leg kick, jab, jab, head kick, don't move, 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 move. So you like he it's just sporadic. He just tries to it's, he, he does point fighting more than anything. He yeah. scores points. That doesn't get chicks or move the needle. All right, I'm sorry. No, I don't. But you know, it's just. I don't know, a guy's name for doing that, so it works for him, I guess. I, I I don't know. Is there such a thing as MMA groupies? Is this a thing? Yeah, and they're all men. <laughs> there it is. There yeah, it is. They're all male. 
And, and too many female groupies, man. It's more male groupies. They just want to, everyone wants to be your boy, right? Everybody wants to text King Mo. And... No, not me, because my, my circle is small, but you see a lot of guys that they're fight fans, and they, they want to talk about fighting, and, they, and they'll tell you, like, oh, I could have been a champ if MMA was running my time. Yeah, and, right, yeah, Well, right. I'm going to train, you know. I, I fight, I fight, you know, I've been hit by bottles and stabbed, and nothing's knocked me out, and you're not that I can do good in the cage. Okay. Heard that a lot. All right, all right. Is it almost like the old days of pro wrestling where they have to defend themselves in bars because everybody wants to find out if they're really tough? Do you ever find that yeah. when you were coming up as an MMA fighter? That people are like, oh, you're an MMA fighter? Let, let's see what you got. Let's. Nah, 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 never. I was never. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chill, man. Like people don't even know a fight until like they really look at me and they really ask me stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't be saying nothing. I be chilling. All right, all right. Uh, on this Bellator 200 co-main, I got fired the heck up by the return of MVP Michael Venom Page. After a year off, he did some pro boxing in between. He sent the caveman, Dave Rickles, to a real dark place to the point of TKO loss via retirement, via verbal, I'm done with this, no moss, King Mo. This was some virtuoso-ish. This was, dare I say, Spider Silva against Forrest Griffin. Were you impressed? Well, my, anytime MVP fights, I'm impressed. Um the only thing is Rickles is a 155-pounder. Rickles should never been up to 170. MVP is a big 170-pounder. MVP is 6'3", I think, with an 80-inch reach. He's a, a reach. Yeah. So I'm like, um, Rickles is a 155-pounder, not that big for 155, not tall, not long. Can't re- you know, he's not quicker, faster, stronger than MVP. So he was in over his head from the get-go. But Rickles has heart. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he can only take so much, man. The caveman can only take so much from a bigger man. I mean, that was some nasty stuff from MVP. I am almost at this point now where, like, we've seen flashy fighters. Like, Conor, Conor McGregor, his first three, four UFC fights, he was doing some wacky, wacky head kicks and stuff. John Jones was really flashy in the beginning. You can't be that flashy when the competition starts getting stiff. I selfishly want to see MVP just face jobbers the rest of his career and do like Matrix style stuff because <laughs> like I just it's just so fun to watch it's absurd I know eventually when he moves up if he goes to UFC or even if he faces the very best in Bellator you can't do that stuff or can you is he that rare Roy Jones talent where you can get away with that Well who knows him versus Lorenz Larkin would be a good way to find out Oh excuse me uh, yeah I fully agree with that there it was a uh, I, I went down the wrong pipe all right. Uh, so MVP will move on. I mean, I don't know yet that he's a real welterweight contender, and this is a league that has Roy McDonald. I mean, this is a league that there's some big names. Larkin seems like a decent test. The main event, though, uh, Gegard Mousasi came in there. He, he meant business. He absolutely destroyed middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho. Like, take him down, ground and pound to hell. Mm-hmm. No mas. This was it. I mean, he just ran his car right through the middle of Rafael Carvalho. I was impressed, and I feel like Gegard, the big-name free agent pickup, needed this. Because let's not forget his Bellator debut against Alexander Slomenko. He had the eye injury. I thought he lost that fight. He got a gift decision. Well, he's back. Forget about that fight. No one's talking about that fight anymore, King Mo. They're talking about the new Bellator middleweight champion. Yeah, that's a, that's a good win for him. Um, there's a lot, You know, now Lobato's well, there. Tokov is there. Um, we have Assalter there. Uh, you know, maybe I might be there. So... Oh wow! Who knows? wow. Hey, yeah. hey, how about that rematch of the Strength yeah, Force yeah. Light Heavyweight Championship bout? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, like right now, um, it's interesting to see what happens. I, great win by Musasi. Um, Carvalho looked like he was like he was overmatched. He looked kind of scared actually. You know, uh, looked kind of worried. But Musasi's the vet. Um, he's seen everything, and uh, he went out there and took care of business. 
Now, King Mo, right after the fight, Musa, they were like, hey, Musa, who do you want to fight? He didn't say King Mo. He said Rory McDonald. And then Rory yeah. tweets at Coker, make the fight. Make the fight. Let's do this now. Rory McDonald is the Bellator welterweight champion. Gegard's like, let's do champion versus champion. I want to see this fight. Do you want to see this fight? Uh, if they both want to do it, I'll watch it. You know, um, Is that the best think... fight Bellator can make? Not best fight in terms of uh, ratings, but best fight in terms of you know, bet, you know, pound for pound versus pound for pound under the Bellator banner. Uh, I don't know. I never thought about it. maybe. Um, yeah, probably. You know, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know because I really know the pound for pound stuff. I I don't really follow it. You know, because the thing is, if you go out pound for pound, I'm like I don't know. I Musashi could be up there. Roy McDonald could be up there. MVP if he get, if he beats better people, he could be up there. Let, let MVP beat Lorenz Larkin and Lima. Like, if he if he handles them, you know I don't know. I right now with those between those two, that would be the the best, the top matches to make. I guess the the the, the 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 potential drawback is this: is like, what do you do next? Okay, so let's say Rory wins and he's a Bellator two division champion. You just kind of destroyed the middleweight division because you let this welterweight come up and take your belt. And then if Gegard wins. Then you're like, okay, Rory, you're now you're now this damaged welterweight champion. I mean, it doesn't have to be damaged. It could be a great fight that he loses by split decision. But when you have fighters that are this good and this hungry, do you just say who cares and just match them against each other because that'll get, that'll bring ratings? It's a good it's a good ass fight. Well, if you're King, if you're Scott Coker, what do you do, King Mo? Well, I'd I'd make Rory defend his belt. I would make Musashi defend his belt, and then they both win. Let them fight. I like King Mo, the, the, the smooth-talking fighter. You don't get caught up in debates of who's the greatest pound for pound. You're about two things, uh, punching people and making money. That, that's what it's about, right? Yes, pretty much. You know, Because I mean, the thing is, like, people get in debates, but really it's all – it's it's based on opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever you want, you know, whoever's number one, whoever is number two, it's dep- it depends on what you, what you, what you favor pretty uh, much. So. Yeah, but us media types, us people, us non-fighters – you know, the fights are every weekend. There's nothing to do all week. All all we can do is compare stuff. But, you know, that's in debate stuff. That's what, that's what us nerds yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, We're not tough sons of B like King Mo. <laughs> King Mo's a tough son of a bet. That guy's all right he, with me. He's all right. He's all right with me. Uh, no doubt about it. King Mo, uh, that'll wrap up that, U- that Bellator 200 card. I also wonder if you saw the UFC Utica, New York. What, what the hell is UFC going to Utica, New York on a Friday night? With that said, the main event, Marlon Marias, head kick. 33 seconds in. Hey, Jimmy Rivera, your 20-something fight win streak, it's over, bro. It's over. You got to be impressed. This guy's an ATT guy, right? Teammate, Marlon? Uh, no, nah, he just came and trained with us. He's um he's up in New York now with uh, Mark Henry. Ah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. but he, he, he keeps coming up and training with us. Marlon's a, t- you know, he's a tough guy, very talented. Um, Yeah, man, that that was a – the card was kind of weird. I didn't really watch it that much, but I've seen it. I watched the fight, the main event, the Cohen event. Oh, that's part of it. It just, it just seemed like, it seemed weird because, I don't know, I just felt like the car was just thrown together and they're like, alright. That's the future car. of the UFC, by the way, because they're gonna have more, with this UFC, with this ESPN deal, they're gonna have more cards than usual now. So it's gonna be a lot more of watering down of the product. This is a watered down card. Hey, at least we got an exciting finish. Yeah, um, that's great, but <laughs> watered down cards mean unhappy, um, fans. You know what else makes unhappy First fans? Place. When those same watered-down cards start at 10 p.m. Eastern with a six-fight main card. UFC, you could be better than that. I know not everybody lives on the East Coast and they have to complain like I do. But, Kingbo, I'm decently interested in the Marlon Marias jimmy Rivera main event. 
But I'm more interested if that main event could start at 10.30 p.m. Eastern rather than, like, 1.15 a.m. You know, like, am I asking too much here? Can I, as the fight sport, as a collective fight sport group, can we start having fights start earlier? I know people are like, well, I don't want to compete against college football. It's not college football season right now, all right? What What is stopping people? From, I mean, you're, you've lived there. You've been around on the West Coast before. Is it that inconvenient to watch a fight at 5 p.m. Pacific time? Yeah, it, it kind of throws things off, but I, 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 they should start at 9. You know, like maybe 9 or – it'd be 9 East Coast, 6 o'clock on the West Coast. Or, I don't I, 10 is, is, is a little too late. You know, they should try to figure something else out. Yeah, come on. I don't want to sit here and complain all show. Let's change things up. Anyway, Marlon Marias now, after he lost that UFC debut to Rafael Asuncao by split decision, he's put together wins over John Dodson, Aljamain Sterling, and now Jimmy Rivera. Is this man, the former World Series of Fighting Bantamweight champion, ready for a title shot in UFC in your eyes? That's a, it's a, it's a tough division there at Bantamweight. You, you think he's got a, got a shot here? Uh... Yeah, well, well, who else is there? Like, I think he should get a chance. You know, I don't know if the UFC has a plan for him, but I think he's just, he deserves, deserves a shot. I definitely think that. I mean, when you look at those rankings, of course, you're talking about TJ Dillashaw. It's crowded when you have Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz potentially still around. But when you remove Rivera, the other guys are, you know, not not the biggest names. I, I think this is this could be an opening for him, and that's a fight I'd love to see. Look, TJ Dillashaw's crazy underrated in my eyes. For UFC champions as they go, no one gives this guy the respect that he deserves. My, that's just my two cents right there. Because maybe because of marketability, <clears throat> you look at Cody Garbrandt. He looks like a guy off a TV show, like you know the the main, the villain, the cool guy. Oh yeah, Neck like, like, okay. Days. You see, you seen uh, Cobra Kai? Oh yeah, damn. He reminds me of Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> nerd. You know what I'm saying? Like think about it. You have Hawk, then you have um, then you have the main character. The main character. The um, let me see who does. Let me see um. T.J. Dillashaw reminds me of uh, Danielson, LaRusso. <laughs> you think about it, you know, or, or yeah, or um, or um, the Johnny's son, you know, in, yeah. in the movie show. Because he, he's a nice like, nice guy, well-spoken, you know, so he's, he reminds me of that. So I think they have a hard time marketing the, the, the good guy. I want to tell you something about T.J. Dillashaw, though, that I believe. He has three UFC losses. Outside of the TKO loss to John Dodson in 2011 and the Ultimate Fighter uh, finale there, which, look, he got knocked out. I've never seen him lose in the, in the UFC. That split decision loss to Asuncio was bootleg. That split decision loss to Dominic Cruz I thought was a little bit bootleg, and he didn't get a direct rematch. He had to wait two years out of there. This, guy, this guy's the best. He spars with Lomachenko. This guy's, this guy's it. But, you know, time will tell. He just knocked out Cody. We'll see if he can keep putting wins together. All right, Kingbo, the only other thing from that UFC Utica card that people went nuts for, especially pro wrestling fans, did you see this flyweight Jared Brooks? Lift Jose Torres over his head, go for what looked like a Canadian destroyer slam, and then knocked himself out in the process. The guy attempting the body slam knocked himself out. I've never seen that before in MMA of any kind, even the real low-level fat guy MMA. Have you seen this? I, I have. I've seen it before. Matt Lillen did it when he fought. Um... Oh, you're Matt. right. That's a classic one. He knocked himself out going for – yes. Yeah, going for a suplex, knocked himself out. Seen that – Um. I didn't see that match where the guy went for a destroyer, but <laughs> I'm going to look it up because you have to be careful going for the slams now because um, the cage has uh, um, bars underneath it, metal bars underneath it. So if you if you go for a slam and your head hits that bar, you're going out. Have you ever slammed somebody in an MMA fight? Uh, yeah, I have. Was it pretty nasty? Was it like a sit-out powerbomb like Rampage Jackson? What would you do there? Uh, what I did is a dude would go for a Kimura, 
and I grabbed him by like his cup and I picked him up and spiked him on his head. Oh man, Did, is this man still alive? Yeah, he's alive. And he tucked his head right there. He's in Japan. He tucked his chin as I picked him up to spike him on his head. Wow, what year was this? I love this. I love story time with King Mo. What, when was this? This was like back in the day, prime King Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This back was in Japan. All right, I got the career record in front of me. Back in the, uh, we're going way back. We're going like back in like two two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Those days. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go back and rewatch the the entire King Mo fight library, starting with World Victory Road presents Sengoku Five. Those are good days, right? Yeah, all right, you know, <laughs> sending sending people to hell, knocking out Travis Wyeth, Fabio Silva, Naito steps in there, gets knocked out. God, that, you already, that, was, that was a hot. Hey, you fought Mark. You fought the Smashing Machine. He was the Wash Machine at that point. But is that a, is that a win that means a lot to you? Is that, was, that was interesting. Nah, I'm gonna be real. None of the wins mean much. It's just, it's just a competition, man. I like to have a fun, I like to fight, but I don't really dwell back on. I don't really dwell on wins or losses, really. Because when sober, such you get a cool to go customer. He's like, you know, I knock fools out and I just leave it right there. You know, I just leave it right there. I cash that check though. You better believe that. King Mo's cashing that check. Yep. Always. <laughs> leave, leave it to the MMA nerds to debate. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about there. All right, King Mo. I want to ask you this about Yair Rodriguez. He got yeah. dropped by the UFC for talking trash over a fight. Then he re-signs suddenly. You know, Scott Coker was waiting on hold on line one. He re-signs mm-hmm. and he will get that UFC 228 fight on September 8th against this hot fire Zabit. Magomed Sharapov, if I'm pronouncing that correct. Either way, who cares? Just call him Zabit. That guy can fight. Uh, is Yair Rodriguez a winner in this scenario? No. Anytime you get dropped to pick back up, usually you get picked back up, might be for less, or who knows? It, it might be like you might have a target on your back now. So they might be like, all right, he's going to mess with us. We're going to mess with him. You fight Zabit. After he loses Zabit, then yeah. you know what? He's going to fight somebody else, and they might cut him. So. Who knows what's gonna happen? I hope they don't do it like that. But from the way it sounds, you know, you scratch our back, we won't scratch yours. Wow, that's what it's like. You know, I was just talking about how I don't think they pushed Dillashaw enough. They tried to push Cody hard. I watched the Conor McGregor uh, documentary on Netflix. Did you catch that yet? No. It was interesting. I actually thought it was. It shows you basically the inside. Uh, the cameras are following him from his UFC debut all the way through the. Second Nate Diaz fight. So you see a lot of the, you know, at home stuff and all that. Um, we know that UFC pushed the crap out of him because they saw money. And, you know, people used to say the C in UFC stands for Connor. Well, it really does. In this, in this documentary, if anyone that hasn't seen it, Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta are like in Connor's house, like every day, just hanging out. Like we know they do that whiskey shot after Connor wins. They go in the locker room and they all, you know, put their Irish cups together and they do it. But like, this is so blatant that like, we are building behind you. We want you to win. We're going to go to your house and, like, make sure you're training and everything's good. Like, I felt like that was maybe a little too far. Well, it's been like that. Remember that time Dan White wore a Ronda Rousey shirt to Ronda Rousey weigh in? Yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. You know, it's been like that. Like, they people, like, the thing is, the, thing is the fans just don't care, and they care when it's too late. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes down to it, man, if you're a fighter in the UFC, you have to be smart. You have to be careful on where you go in the performance center. Be careful on that. Because if you're fighting a guy that they want to see win, why go there? Do you think Connor deserved the decision in the second Nate Diaz fight? I thought Nate won, but I thought Nate won, personally, me. It was a close fight, but Nate almost stopped him like two times. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, that was one of the best fights in UFC history. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't know, because there's so many fights. Like Bigfoot versus, uh, versus uh, Mark Hunt was a great fight. Oh, the you first know, one, yeah, that was insane. You know, Henderson. everyone talked about everyone talked about Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin. 
in terms of look, that's not a great fight to rewatch, but in terms of watching it live, that was insane. That was absolutely then you got, insane. Then you got Shogun versus Dan Henderson. Yes, yes. Uh, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson, great title. Yes, yeah, so, so so there are a bunch of fights. Just that, like just that in MMA, our memories are so short because there's so many fights that happen that we kind of forget the rest. Which one's your? Do you have a favorite? Do you have one that's 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 the King Mo's favorite fight of all time? Is it like Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard two? What is it? What's the what gets King Mo fired up? Uh, Ron Lau versus George Foreman. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, this is my job. I don't live, you know, I don't, I don't need to eat this stuff on my toast when I go home. MMA's my job, brother. No, well, I, I like watching good fights, but really, um, I don't know. I, MMA's not the way that the way people look at MMA is just too flash, you know, flash in the pan. Like with, with in boxing, when a fight is classic, like people remember those fights. Like, like, um, like, uh, uh. Uh, Corrales versus uh, uh, Castillo. Yeah. People remember that. People remember Hearns versus Hagler. People remember James Tony versus Roy Jones. Those are classic fights, but in MMA, because it's such a young sport, people kind of just forget about this and they, they dismiss those great, those good fights. All right, all right. Well, speaking of good fights, we have a, a lot of them, in my opinion. This weekend, Saturday, Chicago, UFC 225. Kimo, this is a, uh, maybe the best card of the year just from a balance point of view. There are names all over this card. Two title fights atop of it. You got the CM Punk situation to bring in extra viewers. You got a lot of old names. Holly Holm, Overeem, Rashad Evans. I mean, there's, there's a lot to like up and down this card. Are you fired up though? King Mo as an MMA fan. Do you go, man, what, what time is this on I can't wait for this fight on Saturday. You're like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, uh, you know what? I really never get fired up for no fights because they happen every week, but like, this fight, you know, it's pretty interesting. I got a few people that I'm cool with in the card. I wish them the best. And, uh, I think, I think that, um, a lot of times we get hyped up for fight cards because they look good on paper. And it's usually the ones that don't look good on paper that kind of surprise people. That is true. That is true. You never know what you're going to get on here. But yeah. this fight card is so stacked that on the preliminary card, which is on UFC Fight Pass, which means it's probably going to go on at like 7 or 8 p.m., whatever time they start it. Flyweights, Joseph Benavidez against Sergio Pettis. What the heck is this doing on the UFC Fight Pass prelims? This should be like a main card, you know, not the co-main event, but pretty high up. Joseph Benavidez, the top-rated flyweight, right? His only losses there were twice to Demetrius Johnson, trying to get that trilogy that not really everybody wants against Sergio Pettis, who, while coming off a loss, just had a four or five fight win streak before that. If you're Joseph Benavidez, do you have a, a gripe here, or is it just like, hey, bro, you're in the flyweight division? What are you gonna do? You have no gripe. Uh, is this fight the main event on the fight pass? No, the it's first not even the, the well, we don't know how it's going to play out, but according to Wikipedia, Rashad Evans is in the main event. On fight pass or undercard? On fight pass. Rashad Evans, Anthony Smith, light heavyweights. On fight pass. On, on the preliminary fight pass. So it's the, the first of the two undercards. Wow. Well, I guess they're trying to, what I think is, they're trying to build up the fight pass to get people to sign up for it before the ESPN deal kicks all the way through. That's a fair point because we also have Clay Guida, Charles Oliveira, and even though both guys aren't going in the right direction, that's a, that could be a fun-ass fight. And then you have, you know, Rashad Evans. I mean, I'll watch him against anybody. So that, this is not a bad early prelim card. But yeah. focusing on Jiu-Jitsu for a second, if he wins this, should he get the trilogy with with uh, with Mighty Mouse? There's nobody else. You got to give it to him, right? Well, the the UFC messed up by letting Kyoji Haraguchi go. You love that guy. You love that guy. Mm, they messed up. He's a good fighter. They messed up just because they can't market him, but he's a good fighter. 
And if they can't market him, that's because they're being lazy. He's marketable, in my opinion. Knockout power, explosive, has a good story, but they let him go. So they can just re- keep recycling the fight to 125 if that's what they choose to do. Well, look, we're down. There's nobody else for unless seriously, unless Sergio Pettis beats Benavides here. That's a name that Mighty Mouse hasn't beaten. There's nobody else. So I say give Benavides a chance here. He's won six in a row. He beat big names, right? Like he beat Cejudo. He beat some good guys. His only losses there, like I said, that split decision to meet to Demetrius Johnson for that flyweight championship originally that a lot of people thought could have gone either way. And then the knockout in the first round in the rematch. And, you know, the only other losses for Jiu-Jitsu in his career. Both times to Dominic Cruz at Bantamweight. Like, this guy's top shelf. I think he deserves that third fight if he can win it on on Saturday. It, it would be interesting. He's the only guy, I think, that can really push Mighty Mouse at this point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe nobody can, King Mo. But I would at least want to see it. Well, you never know until it happens. Um, we have to see if he, if he, get, if he, get, if he get, how he looks in this win. Because if, if it's a split decision, then what? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm uh, pretty sure the UFC might hope Sergio wins so they can try to do some shuffling. Or maybe they could try to talk um, Mighty Mouse into going to 135 and fighting Dillashaw. Yeah, I, I do think Mighty Mouse needs one big name fight there at the end of the career to really put the stamp on it. We'll see there. So uh, I mentioned Rashad Evans, the former UFC light heavyweight champion, facing Anthony Smith. It's a four-fight losing streak. He's also lost six of his last day. I mean, this is what happens at the end of the run. Rashad is 38. I was surprised they gave him another chance. They, they will here. Uh, what do we think here? I mean, if he wins this, you just walk away on top at a good run? Think Rashad is going to hang around? Where, where are we going here? I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, I don't know. It depends on how he – if he wins, impressive, then he might as well just try to stick around for a few more fights. If he if he ekes a win, maybe he should look to step in the way or try to just keep improving. If he loses, then maybe he should think twice. I've said it before, and I'll say it once more. If you're Rashad Evans and you're 38, there's only one place you should be operating right now. Bellator MMA, King Mo. It's a soft landing. Why wouldn't you go fight Chael, Tito, I don't know, Bonner? Fight King Mo. There's, there's just some big main event fights there on Prime TV. Well, Bonner, Bonner is already is not in Bellator no more. Um, you can fight Chael again, but it's already happened. He can fight Tito, but Tito's gone. Tito's fighting Chuck Liddell, I think. Um, That's true. That is true. That's great. So, like, he, I don't know if he can cut to Bellator, but if he goes to Bellator, then what's going to happen with this Fox? I mean, his ESPN... There might be an ESPN deal with them. Cause I know Fox. What's the Fox Fox deal in? I believe it's. Uh, isn't it January that, that the whole thing switches over? Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure like it's gonna be interesting to see what they do as far as with commentary commentators. You know, will, will they still have ES, will they have the ESPN show? Well, UFC will control the broadcast for ESPN. That was announced. But like to your point, we don't know which comment which fighter broadcasters commentators they're bringing in. We have no idea. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what they do right there. All right, Kingbo, and the preliminary card on FS1, couple decent fights. The fight I love best, women's strawweight, which, look, women's strawweight is the best division in UFC. Every time out, it's an awesome fight. Really deep. We got Claudia Gadeja against Carla Esparza. I'm not going to say the winner will automatically get a title shot, but they just might on both sides because if Esparza wins, she owns that victory over Rose in the inaugural strawweight title fight in 2014. And if Gadeja wins, Heck yeah, Rose versus Claudia. Who wouldn't want to see that? Kingbo, this is a good ass fight. Who do you like style wise in this one? Well, um, let me ask something. Who's who's Rose fighting next? Rose is fighting uh, Jessica Andrade next. I believe so. Yes, and that's no easy fight. So let's not act like Rose is coming out of yeah. the title there. Yeah. Um. Uh, right now, 
I, I don't know because the Spars has come out. The Spars had a, a rough loss versus. Versus Rando, uh, Esparza lost to Ioana for the title and lost to Random Marcos by split decision, but she's coming off two good wins in a row, including over red hot Cynthia Cavillo. So she's, yeah. she's shown that she can do some stuff. And we know Claudia, I mean, she's been up and down, but she's elite. She's very elite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but with Claudia's last fight, she lost to Jessica Andrews. Yes, in an absolute war in Japan. Yes. Not just a war, but after a while, she got broke. She did submit uh, Carolina the fight before, though. Yeah, it's gonna come down to if, if Claudia can get rid of that nightmare of the, cause really the fight wasn't that close. It was close to the first round and then she got handled. And it's gonna come down to Sparse's confidence cause if Sparse can get a takedown and stay out of trouble, then she can control it for, um, for three rounds. But. These are two wrestlers here. These are two aggressive wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna come down also to Claudia. Claudia's a little, a little stronger. I think, I think, um, I think Sparse's better technique. But I think Sparza is better, a better gas tank as well. That is true. I think overall, Claudia is more dynamic, more ways to win the fight. But that'll be interesting to see how she bounces back from Andrade loss because that was a grinding, brutal, you know, fight of the year type of contender right there. Love that fight. Love this fight right here. Love this division. The preliminary card main event was originally a pay-per-view main card fight that got bumped down. Good heavyweight fight here. Alistair Overeem against Curtis Blades. And the key here, we know how absurdly thin the UFC heavyweight division is, how they're just looking for anybody to fight the champion. I know we're going to see Daniel Cormier coming up in July. Great fight. It's thin after that. Curtis Blades, five-fight win streak. One of those got turned to a no contest when he got caught for weed, but really five wins in a row. He could be a sleeper title contender if he can get past Overeem. Do you think he can? Uh, He can. He's watch out for um, knees and a guillotine. Overeem's crafty, you know, um, good kicks, good knees, power, power, and he's a good guillotine. But, but Blades, is, um, he's big, strong, can wrestle, and if Blades can get the takedowns and keep him, keep him racking, he can, he can get the decision over Overeem. Now, the thing about Blades is he's solid, but I don't th- see anything spectacular yet. Does he have an extra gear to go over the top against these higher elite guys? We're gonna find out now. You know, um, they're giving the chance to do it, and, uh, He's a frame when he fought Nganu, he was doing good against Nganu until he got tired. So now, now speaking of Nganu, he just sent uh, over him in his last fight to a dark place in December with one of the more vicious one punch knockouts we've ever seen. Now Overeem has, you know, he's, he's been around. I know heavyweights age late, but he's thirty eight, been knocked out a lot. Is that a knockout you can just bounce back from? I mean, that was vicious. Should we should we start looking out for maybe the the last slide of his career here? Well, he's been knocked out before. This a lot, is, uh, yes. That guy's fought everybody. Yeah, so the thing is that really, it, it's, just, it's just business as usual for him. I used to go out there and keep the fight in the strengths, which he can do. Because really, Curtis Blazes can't go out there shooting double legs over and over again because guillotine, the guillotine's there. Over his guillotine is pretty, pretty impressive. Now, if he tries to stand, he might have some trouble there too. So he has to pick and choose when he wants to attack. I just don't see Blades as a title contender. I know that uh, it's a thin division, but I just don't see him as a guy. Like, can you imagine him on the marquee, Stipe versus, or, you know, or DC versus Curtis Blades? I just don't see him as that guy. This is his chance to show me that, of course. I just well, yeah, see- but this is his first chance. After he, if, if he beats over him, then he'd probably fight someone like Derek Lewis and Nganu. You got or maybe Derek a- Lewis against Nganu coming up, by the way. That's going to be a badass yeah, fight. Yeah, so but I'm saying, like, if he, if he wins this fight, he might fight the winner or loser of that fight. So they have, they, have still, they still have a ways to go before he gets the title shot. All right, Kimo, this pay-per-view main card on Saturday in Chicago kicks off 
with a sloppy Super Bowl, a carnival circus fight of Chicago's own CM Punk, the former WWE champion, in his second and final fight of his two-fight UFC deal against Mike Jackson. Now, Mike Jackson, former kickboxer turned videographer slash MMA journalist. We know him from his only pro MMA fight where they tossed him up to Mickey Gall to prepare Mickey Gall for CM Punk. And Mickey Gall destroyed Mike Jackson in 45 seconds. Mickey Gall then destroyed CM Punk in just over two minutes after Punk's ill-fated early takedown. And then it was just ground and pound to hell. Uh, this is basically the, the Mickey Gall losers bracket Super Bowl. It's there to gain viewers. But what the hell is this going to look like, King Mo? Is this going to be a plus overall for everybody in the end? I know people are going to care. I ca- As much as I'm ripping this, I care. Of course I care. It's it's like MMA pornography. You can't turn away from this, King Mo. But shouldn't UFC be better than this? This is CM Punk against Mike Jackson. What's going on here? People pay for it the first time, so they're going to pay for it again. Really, I I, I, th- I think it's a good fight you know, um, for CM Punk. Um People pay for pay for when he fight Sage Northcutt. I mean, not Sage Northcutt, when he pay, fight Mickey, um, Gall. Mickey Gall. So, and they pay to watch Mickey Gall fight Mike Jackson. So, why not pay for this? You pay for it before, and really, CM Punk's been training hard. You know, give him a chance to redeem himself. He got it. So let's see what happens. All right, I think he can win this fight. I mean, Jack. We don't have a lot of tape on Jackson, right? I mean, I know he can. He's like, but like this. I don't want to keep disparaging him and say, well, this guy's an MMA journalist. I mean, like, he is. He is. When he lost to Mickey Gall, do you know where he went right after that fight? To press row. Like, I'm serious. It was part of the gimmick. He lost the fight, and then he went to cover the rest of the card. And and this isn't to rail on Mike Jackson, but this seems to be on paper a fight that CM Punk could win. But what does that mean? What happens if he does win UFC? Do you just say, hey, that was a fun ride, CM Punk. Thanks for the pay-per-view buys, and see see you later. You can't re-sign him to a fight, win or lose, right? You can't keep this going. Can you? Should you? Well, they can. It depends on the pay-per-view buys. If the pay-per-view buys are high and Twitter is blowing up because of CM Punk and Instagram is blowing up because of CM Punk, social media is blowing up because of CM Punk, they probably will resign him to another fight. That's crazy because outside of James Tony, Randy Couture, UFC doesn't do this, right? Like this is pride stuff. This is Bellator stuff. This is stuff that uh, – They've done before. When they, when they Remember Sean Gannon? Yeah, but that was like an undercard hey, fight. I, 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 I'm just saying, like, was that Brandon like, Lee when, Hinkle that just absolutely destroyed? Yeah, him? yeah. So the thing, the thing is, like, they'll do it. They'll do it. Just that they'll market it and they'll package it a different way to make it seem like they weren't trying to do it. It's a fair point. By the way, I've seen that Sean Gannon Kimbo Slice underground fight like yeah. ten million times. That's a, that's a brutal ass fight. Was it like twenty eight minutes long? There's like people jumping in when uh, Kimbo got hit with a knee. There, that was crazy. That's, remember when like Kimbo like, got tired and they counted they're like one. Yeah, they counted like a hundred. It's twenty. Yeah, like nineteen, twenty, twenty one. You want to fight? And I'm like, y'all, they counted twenty one. Like, what is? <laughs> Like, they shouldn't be counting at all. I don't mean to do the John McCain uh, human cockfighting line, but the end of that video, I feel like I'm watching human cockfighting. Like a lot, like the spirit of Bushido was gone. It was sort of yeah. like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, it was gone by far. It was gone bad. Yeah, I mean, did you see Gannon's face look like hamburger afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beat up. It was yeah, bad. that was that was that was just bad altogether. I always wanted to see that rematch on like the Elite XC banner or Strike Strike Force or something. You know, like that. I thought they were gonna try to do it, but I guess Sean Gannon just went, went healthy enough. Yeah, Bellator should have should have uh, should have jumped on that when they had the chance. All right, Kim, I want your prediction though. CM Punk, Mike Jackson, what does it look like? Come on, get get fired up. Give me something here. What do you got? Man, honestly, I don't know. Um, I know CM Punk's been training hard. 
I'm pretty sure he's the favorite because, you know, he's been training hard and he's been in the gym. Mike Jackson, I don't know. I know he's in Houston. I know he's out of Houston. Um, I know he did BKB years ago. I, I saw him in the very first BKB on the, on, on, on the initial, on, on the second show they had. But if I'm going to pick, I don't really know. I, 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 th- I think CM Punk could get this because he's more serious about, about his career. But Mike Jackson, man, he might, you know, he might not want to lose, be 0-2 in the UFC. But I think the favorite is uh, CM Punk. I'm picking CM Punk to win a sloppy decision. Now, here's what I think. I think it'll be grappling heavy. I think it'll be gross. And I think CM Punk will hear the cheers of the Chicago crowd. And he's going to win the decision. Everybody, oh, what a great story. He redeemed himself. And then I hope he goes away, King Mo. But goes away, meaning away from MMA. And I hope he joins the indie wrestling revolution that is all in. We know he's going to be signing autographs the day before all in on August 31st in Chicago at the Pro Wrestling Tea Store. I want to see him join this that. I want to see him go to NJPW. I want to see him where he belongs, King Mo, in a pro wrestling ring. I know he's going through the lawsuit trial right now against the WWE's doctor. Don't go back to WWE. Don't just forget that. King uh, CM Punk should be the face of the anti WWE movement and go fight Cody, Kenny, or Kenny Omega, and all that stuff. Right? Ah, uh, he should join the Bullet Club. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, and just be join totally and make fun of Vince yep. McMahon in every promo. Just stop doing MMA. Like it was fun once, but it's over. It's over. Please. He's not going to impress us, King. Well, this is going to be gross. You know it. You will. never know, man. You never know. Like you know, like, it's like this. He's in the gym every day, all day, every day, working on things. He, you know, he might do. He might show us something. I'm not saying he's going to be a world champion, but he might show improvement, vast improvement. You just never know. His teammate Bilal Muhammad of the UFC keeps telling everybody that this guy's going to win. This guy looks great in camp. But everybody in somebody's camp says that guy looks great in camp. Everyone, King. You may at one point in your life. Said somebody at ATT looks great in camp. When in the back of your mind, you're thinking that guy's going down. Uh, I keep it real, man. <laughs> like, I, if you ask me somebody looks guess and they, they look bad, I won't answer. You <laughs> know, I just won't answer it. <laughs> I'm not trying to make myself look stupid. <laughs> By the way, Bilal Muhammad, a relative of yours or no? Nah, nah, but he's cool. Shout out to Bob Muhammad. He's a real good dude. Cool dude. All right. Chicago-based fighter. Uh, King Mo. now, let's move forward on this 200 card. Because I'm going to predict a punk victory, but who really cares in the end? I just hope they don't resign him. That's just my thoughts. Let's move on from that. Uh, interesting heavyweight fight. Not really interesting. The only thing interesting about Andre Olavsky against Taya Tuivasa is whether Tuivasa will drink beer out of a shoe again after he knocks Andre Olavsky out. Your thoughts? I don't know. It's, let's see. If Andre could take Ty down... Ties in trouble. Interesting. Now, Arlovsky is, although he's 39, how is this guy not 40 yet? This guy's been 39 for like a decade. He is coming off a two-fight win streak or immediately following a five-fight losing streak where we're like, okay, you know, because he had that good comeback. Remember that win yeah, streak yeah. he put together? He won like six in a row. It was like, oh, my God, this guy's back. Well, Stipe knocked him out. Overeem knocked him out. Everyone knocked him out. But now took a decision from Struve, took a decision from Junior Albini, He's going to take a KO loss here from Ty Tuivasa. Just my prediction. Do you have positive thoughts that this Australian, Bam Bam, is for real? Or do you need to see more? Well, I didn't see more. Um, what happens if he goes past the first round? He never what has. Happens? That's a great point. Yes. He never has. What hap- yeah, what happens if he gets taken down and is on his back for five minutes and gets tired? Uh, this guy, Tuivasa, is 7-0. and Never been past the first round. 
One time, he finished the first round, and then the corner of his opponent stopped it. McSweeney. James McSweeney. Yes. Yes. This guy, King Mo, all over here from Australian Fighting Championship 17. He must have watched that card, King Mo. Yeah, I watched a few of his fights. Like, he had a few fights where, um, in Australia, they have a card, they have a fight show where it's like MMA gloves, stand up, and ground and pound. That's it. And he fought Peter Graham, and Peter Graham stopped him. It's not on there, but you can look it up. Type in Peter Graham versus Tai Tiavasu. You'll see it. All right, very interesting. There, that's some, that's some homework for the listeners. Um, I'm not mu- really moved here uh, by that fight, but I want to see what happens. I want to see if Ty can can become a personality. But the fight I care about. Maybe I shouldn't care about this as much. But this is an interesting women's featherweight bout when Holly Holm faces Megan Anderson under this guise. Megan Anderson turned down Cyborg last summer, UFC 214, for personal reasons. Since then, Cyborg keeps fighting whoever they can find for her. They're not just putting her back into a cyborg fight. They're like, no, you got to beat Holly Holm on this pay-per-view main card to earn that cyborg fight, which is weird considering there are no opponents in the women's featherweight division in UFC. In fact, go to UFC.com, search for their rankings, King Mo. Two years into the division, you know what? There are still no rankings there. Nothing. There's no rankings. It's it's void. They just started that really bad division with Nico Montano just a couple, couple months ago, right? That division has rankings. No rankings at, at featherweight. And you're going to sacrifice potentially an opponent here in Megan Anderson. She's on a winning streak. She was the Invicta featherweight champion after Cyborg had to give up her belt to move to UFC. Holly Holmes not, is a tough out. This is a tough fight. And the other hook for Holm is she says, even though I'm in this fight, I'm going back to Bantamweight, and I want a title shot with Amanda Nunez. Hey, UFC. Why don't you just book Holly Holm versus Amanda Nunez and then Megan Anderson against Cyborg just, you know, am I wrong here? Yeah, you're kind of wrong because who is, who is, um, Holly Holm beat at Bantamweight? Just Betch Correa. Just Betch. You betcha. Yeah. So that's why I feel like maybe, um, they should, you know, let Megan Anderson fight, um, Cyborg, throw Holly Holm back in the, um, in the shuffle for, for talk, to see if you can get, get in talk attention by winning a few fights. Well, the only thing I'll say to that is Nunez has no opponents, and not having a win has not stopped them in the way they book home in the past. Let's not forget, she got the title shot against Jermaine Durandamy on a two-fight losing streak. She got the title fight against Cyborg with one victory at Bantamweight. They don't care anymore. So if they don't care, why should I care, King Mo? Well, the thing is that you should care if you want to – if you were trying to – if you try to promote – not you, you don't have to care, but the UFC should care because if you try to promote women's, the women and, and, and hold them the same esteem as men, they can't do this foolishness. You know what I'm saying? You have to earn a towel shot. You just can't be given a towel shot. And, and what they're doing, they're doing that with the women. So they're pretty much saying that the women don't matter. We're not deep enough. We'll just throw a towel shot to whoever is a big name. Do you know much about Megan Anderson? We saw her stop Charmaine tweet in her last fight. Have you seen enough of her or not? Not really. Yeah, she's a boxer, but I don't know if she's enough to deal with. Uh, she's going to outbox Holly Holm. She better use some MMA to beat Holly, not just boxing. Um, it's Holly. See, Holly's lost, you know, four of her last five, but she's obviously faced really good competition. Shevchenko, Misha Tate, on and on. She's 36. Are you seeing regression, or is it just she ran into some really tough outs? Uh, tough, tough outs because she's still athletic. She still moves good. She still has power. It's just that she's facing girls that have more experience. Think about this. That'd be like Karma Gregor going to boxing. Mind you, Holly Holm fought for two years before she went to UFC. So that'd be like Karma Gregor going to boxing for two years, 
beating Floyd, then all of a sudden having to fight Pacquiao, having to fight Terrence Crawford, having to fight Errol Spence, yes. Sean Porter, Garcia. That's the same level. Because you, you look at Holly Holmes, she beat the Floyd Mayweather and, and, and Ronda Rousey. Then had to fight the second best after that. Then had to fight so on and so on. So she's fighting better better, better opposition. That's all it is. That's a fair point there. Um, yeah, I want to see where it goes. I want to see. If, I mean, that's the type of win Megan Anderson needs to secure a cyborg fight, even though she should probably secure it already because they don't have anybody else. But I yeah. kind of really want to see Holly Holm against Amanda Nunez. So in order to get that fight, we probably need Holly Holm to win here. Right? Yeah, that's just the win. Yeah. I mean, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunez would be a good fight, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, just um, um, Holly Holm is to win a few fights, and that's it. Or one and two fights. That's How about it. just one? They only care about one. How about just one fight? One fight. All right. Cold main event time. Interim welterweight championship. We don't need an interim welterweight championship. You know, you know that, Kimo. I know that. Everybody knows that. We're going to see it anyway. RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, who is reborn at welterweight against your guy from ATT, the man who on this podcast just a couple weeks ago called himself the Ric Flair of MMA, Colby Covington. Chaos. Here's where we find out, Kingmo. Is Colby just a poor man's Conor McGregor? Is he just a loudmouth with a calculated plan to offend you so that he offends you enough that you know who he is? Or is he the real deal because, King Mo, this here is the deep end of the pool. RDA don't mess around, especially when he doesn't have to cut weight. This guy's a killer. Am I right? Am I right here? You're right, Um, I, but you're wrong. I don't, think, I don't think Colby's a poor man's Conor McGregor. I think Colby's different. Um, this fight's gonna be interesting because Kobe's very confident, has a great gas tank, can wrestle, can grapple, but Dos Anjos can strike, can wrestle, but not against Kobe, can gra- not Kobe, can grapple, and his gas tank at 155 was eh, but 170 seems to be pretty good. Yes. But what happens if he's facing a guy that's known for pushing the pace in Kobe, as in Kobe Covington? Kobe could push the pace. If you look what he did, Damian Maya, Damian, yeah, he, he kind of broke Damian Maya, kind of like, kind of like um, Roy McDonald did. So um, Kobe, Kobe can break people. It's just the, the the main factor in this fight will come down to the leg kick because when Dos Anjos faces southpaws, he destroys their right leg. Yes, so a lot of times southpaws don't check that outside leg kick because they never see it. He did that to Robbie Lawler, didn't he? Last fight, not just Robbie Lawler. Diaz smashed, destroyed Diaz's leg, destroyed it. Every softball he's faced, he's destroyed the lead leg. Interesting. Now, uh, can Colby s- trade? Can he stand and trade with RDA for a long period of time? Or does this have to go to the ground? I wouldn't. Why, why stand and trade? Stand and trade in the later rounds when Dos Santos is tired. Don't give him, don't get him, don't get him when he's fresh. Take him down or, or, or put pressure on him. Like, you know, uh, dirty box him. Take him down. Then when you see him start to slow and react to your feints, and react slower, then then stand and trade with them some. Like you no, know, he did. If you watch with uh, Damian Maya first round, Damian Maya beat him. Then second, third, Kobe, granted, wasn't pretty. Started landing a calf kick. Started landing stuff on on Damian Maya and 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 hurt him a few times. True or false? Kobe is only in this fight because he talked his way in. True or false? I have no idea, man. Because I mean, he did beat Maya, but I just want to get your opinion. I don't know because think about this. Okay, Woodley's hurt. Robbie's hurt. Wonderboy just lost. Yeah, but Wonderboy hadn't lost when they booked this fight, though. 
I know, but but at the same time, they you know they 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 wanted to, they went a different route. Usman just beat my. I don't know what they're doing with their weight. I feel I feel like they're keeping people at bay so they can give certain people a a, a different route to the title shot. All right. I'm not saying it's Kobe, but just like look, Usman. Santiago, Santiago got hurt. It, it, it's weird to me. Like some of these matchups make no sense to me, but they're they're making them. What do you remember about Kobe's only defeat at UFC 194 in 2015 when he was submitted in the first round by Worley Alves? Worley Wor- Alves. Um, I think that um, I know this. Kobe was injured going to that fight. He hurt his rib and he went to the fight. And when he went to, when he went for a takedown and what's name like the guillotine on him. Have we seen? Any weakness yet from Colby, or do we just need to see more? Like, where are we at in that divide? There's weakness on it. Colby's striking, but his pace makes up for it. Yes. His tenacity makes up for it. There's, every fighter has weaknesses. You see them, but we just don't notice them because, you know, a lot of times they haven't ex- been exploited just yet, and we don't think about it until they finally get exploited. Um, it's gotta be, my worry about Colby is the right leg kick. Yeah, you know, yes. Taking his lead leg. That's it. If he could, t- if he can stop that leg kick, then Kobe who has can win this fight. If he doesn't, he's gonna be in trouble. Now, uh, RDA has f- fared well in defending Covington's trash talk. Covington, uh, you know, Kobe's tried everything. I mean, he tries everything to get under people's skin. He's always posting pictures with scantily clad women. RDA says Kobe's embarrassing himself, but RDA also doesn't want the country of Brazil to kill Colby, which is where we were headed there. <laughs> it seemed like we were going in that direction. Uh, yes. I don't think RDA can get broken mentally in this fight. You? In that regard? Nah. RDA is a cool cat. Um, I don't think he cares much. You know, I, I think he's just there to handle business. Colby? Uh, Colby talking trash, but, you know, that's just part of the show. You know, um, the Colby Covington show. And Dos Santos knows that. I feel he's probably prepared because he knows he hasn't been trying to engage too much. He's waiting for the fight day. If this were WWE, would Fabricio Verdum run in during Colby's entrance and uh, choke him out with a boomerang? Yes? No, because um, Dos Santos and Verdum aren't in the same camp no more. Ah, interesting. Well, they're in the same camp of being from Brazil. But, uh, hey, by the way, Verdum on this show a couple weeks ago told me that he signed like 500 boomerangs after that incident as, uh, you know, (laughs) That's interesting. That's interesting. All right. Uh, so, of course, I want to know who wins. But before that, Colby's trying to get everyone under everyone's skin. Did you see this beef with Joe Rogan now? He's like, next time I see Joe Rogan, I'm going to put hands on him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to – like, what is he doing? Nothing. Because when he sees Joe Rogan, he's going to be doing an interview maybe. Who knows? I mean, man, this guy. This guy's goal is to piss everyone off. It's slowly working, King Mo. But will it equal a victory – on fight night. Now, you are an ATT teammate. Sometimes, I don't think I've ever heard a guy say, my teammate's going to lose. I'm sorry. Who's going to win this fight, King Mo? You tell it like it is. You're for real. You're the straight shooter. The killer. If Kobe can stop the leg kicks, Kobe will win. By decision? By decision. If he can stop the, if he, if he doesn't stop the leg kicks, he's going to lose. I want, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Kobe. I like Dos Anjos. He's a great guy. But if, if the, Kobe can't stop, Kobe can't stop the leg kicks, he's done. I will say, Colby showed me a lot against Maya. I didn't think he was for real. He showed me he might, he just might be. This is a tougher fight. This is the, you know, deeper side of the pool. We're going to find out. I like Dos Anjos by decision, but I feel like that's a very safe pick in the end. I feel like that's really almost too safe, but I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to stay with it. King Mo, our main event to close here is a rematch, of course, 
from last July when Robert Whitaker took a five-round decision over Yoel Romero for the then-interim title. Of course, that was bumped up to the full belt when GSP gave it up after defeating Bisping. That was a really good fight last year. Robert Whitaker showed us a lot. He overcame a leg injury to power through. He also kind of exposed Yoel Romero to a certain degree, showing that the five-round cardio isn't really there for him. Kingmo, we are almost a year later. What I like about this fight is we're finally getting clarity in a division that needs it. These really are the two best middleweights, right? We saw Rockhold get knocked out. Bisping's gone. GSP's gone. These two are the best middleweights, and they're going to face off against each other. Who cares that it's a rematch? The first fight was great. What are you feeling about this? Uh, what am I feeling about this? The first fight was great. Uh, you know, I hope Romero can, uh, can make the right adjustments to get the victory. Um, He's 41 Whitaker. now. Does that matter? Does that matter? He's a young 41, uh, right? Yeah, it matters. It matters in the fourth and fifth round. Yes, that's it. If, if, and I have a feeling that Romero, his game plan is to win three rounds. If he can win three rounds, he's good. So, it, so under that mindset, you're saying he's he's prepared to punt two rounds, not not get stopped or, or submitted, but not not go for it. Well, not punt, but just be competitive enough to where maybe if it's competitive, he can steal that round at the very end. Because he sort of did that in the first fight. He, he gave up rounds. He looked really good for a couple. But so here's the deal. He can't he, he doesn't have five round stamina. Some people have been able to turn that around, right? Amanda Nunez didn't have five round stamina. Now she does. Is Romero too jacked or too old for five round stamina? Like, can you can you change that? Well, you can, but he's a little older and he's explosive. Now, Amanda does five round conditioning, but she doesn't have the same output as she does does when before. Her output's different. It's more sparing. Romero's output's always been sparing. If you look at it, the faint walk off, kick, move, fake, fake, fake a shot. Overhand or pull the overhand, come back, jab, walk around, kick. So he's real sparing with it with his stuff. So if you look at if you look at Whitaker, Whitaker's the same way almost. Whitaker's move, move, blitz, move, 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 blitz. Well, Romero's thinking like pick, pick. As he blitzes, he can probably move out the way and avoid the blitz. But what happens is the blitzes become real effective in the third, fourth, and fifth round. That's true. Is there any chance Romero? Although I like the idea of, hey, let me just win three rounds and let's do it. Is there any way he says a different strategy? He says, I'm explosive. Why don't I make this a three-round fight? Meaning, I'm going to empty the tank for three hard rounds and go for the knockout. We, any chance we see that? Well, that's what I said. He could try to, but if, if he doesn't get that knockout, then he could get knocked out himself in the fourth and fifth. So that's So that ultimately leads to my prediction here. Here's the thing. I think Whitaker is the real deal. I think it's he's all that he's be, that we think he is, that he's become, that he's evolved into after moving up to middleweight. I think he overcame a lot in that first fight, including that leg injury. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be fresh. And when, when Romero tires late, and he will, we're going to see Whitaker stop him via submission. Late rounds. Late fourth. Early fifth. Submission? Yeah. You know, you'll just see Romero get worn down, and then you slip on that rear naked. I, I, I can't see – I can't see uh... – Robert getting his back. That's the only thing. Like, well, it's, it's a takedown. That's true. To take him down. That's a, fair count. That's a fair counter there. Yeah, and, and the, thing, the thing is, like, if anything, Robert probably could knock him out if, if Romero's tired. 
know what I'm saying? Because Romero's going to shoot, but if he doesn't shoot, he's going to scramble back to his feet and, and like, think about it, like, or, or, or go to his back and, you know, he ain't out. I, I can't see Romero, like, just giving up his back and let someone hold, stay on his back without standing up or without pulling guard or without going to the cage. How – is there any way Romero wins this that we aren't thinking? Can can he really win three rounds, coast during two, and take home a decision here? What would he have to do? I mean, he's going to have to – I mean, he's going to have to be more higher volume, right? You can't just be a comic. No, not, not necessarily. Not necessarily because you look at the Luke Rockhall fight, wasn't high volume. And if you think about it, that fight, he probably could win that fight the way the same way because of pace. If, if if Whitaker respects Romero and lets him fight at the pace Romero chooses to fight at, Romero could fight at that pace for four and a half rounds. Interesting. Maybe five. Interesting so stuff. If, if, if you watch Whitaker when, when Romero and Whitaker fight the first time, Romero's controlling it, and all of a sudden Whitaker picked it up and picked it up and kept on going. But one thing we didn't see is we didn't see Romero use his underhook and work work more cage position. If Romero can work his underhook and slow things down and score his points and make make Whitaker worry about certain positions, then he can he can he can finesse his way to a victory. Uh, my prediction here is is a late victory for Whitaker. Where are you leaning? Man, I'm thinking maybe Romero by decision because wow. Whitaker, Whitaker ain't fighting a while. Come off an injury, he's been working his wrestling a lot more, but I think that's gonna hurt him because Romero is a master wrestler. Um, his best best to blitz, but if Romero's circling, the blitz is ineffective when you're circling. If you watch GSP, you watch all the blitzers, they catch guys off the jab, kick or one two, and the guys pull straight back. But if you're circling, the blitz will go right past you. Hey, I like this fight a lot. Man, if Romero won, maybe we'd see a third one. Who knows? Romero's a heck of a story just to get to this point. Of course, he missed weight against Rockhold, wasn't able to get the interim title, but this is for the full championship. It doesn't matter. Really good card in Chicago. Saturday night, UFC 225 and King Mo. Before we close, don't forget, Saturday morning, early, early King Mo, NJPW Dominion from Osaka. (laughs) Chris Jericho, Tetsuya Naito, and more importantly in the main event, Okada, Omega, part four. No time limit. Best of three falls. You going to (laughs) wake up for this? You going to be fired up? Yeah, I think think Omega is going over on this one. Yes, it's time. You got to give him a reason to stay in the company, right? Yeah, yeah. But, man, Omega's – I don't know. I don't know. The WWE needs to to get their hands on – them get new creative, get their hands on them, get the Yell Bucks, get Hangman Page, bring Cody Rhodes back. They gotta do something different, you know. Um, WWE's awful right now. I don't know if you've been watching lately. Don't watch. No, don't I, did, watch. I quit. I quit. Rousey I quit. is so bad. I feel bad saying that because she's got a learning curve, but they're putting her in situations to fail every week. She like, just like what happened? What happened? They now? just put the I'm... mic in front of her and they they try to let her be this you know America's sweetheart babyface. Guys, wake up. She's a, a a badass fighter. Only put her in there to kick ass and talk trash. That's all she should be doing. Stop putting her in there to be like, well, you know, like stop. Don't do it. I don't even want to tell you what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. If you have been oh. watching, don't okay, watch it. Do you. not watch okay. any more of this. They're killing our guy there. Bobby Lashley's a badass. He is neutered. They neutered him. They killed him. Uh, well, well, Bobby wanted to go back real bad, so he got what he wanted, man. Oh, hey, he Bobby, got it. you know what's really good lately? Impact Wrestling, Don Callis running the show. Have you been watching it all? It's really now, good. 
I know. I heard. I heard. I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back on it. They I'm got Pentagon Junior in there feuding with yeah, Eli yeah. Drake. They got some a lot of luchas. They have Tessa Blanchard, who's really looking good on the women's Tessa side. Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, I watched her. Man, I watched. Yeah, she can work. I watched. I, watched, I caught her. Yeah. Somehow Scott Steiner won the tag titles. I mean, there's some things to watch there. Did, uh, maybe. Hey, will we ever see King Will? Come on, break, give us some. Give us a, a breaking news thing here. You're, you're gonna be back in the Impact Zone one day. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, man. But. um I don't know. <laughs> is the, is the phone I'm, I'm line open? Phone lines are open, right? Yeah, everything's open for me. Yeah, slide in. Hey, wrestling promoters, slide in. All right? Bullet Club, <laughs> get get the king. Get the crown ready, Bullet Club. Right? <laughs> there it is. King Mo, great week of fights that we broke down yeah, again. Yeah, definitely. Fans are cheering for you to get back in the cage. Stay healthy. Get back in there. Cash those checks. The money weight champion. The lineal money weight champion of the world. King Mo, you got anything to say to your fans as we exit here, King? Hey, um... Y'all tune in for the fight this weekend, and we out.